Courtney Foster. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Happy Tuesday morning here in the capital city, 610, beautiful out. Felt beautiful yesterday. Caleb Henry alongside... Doug Fitzgerald, Mark Vale will be joining us shortly from the KLIN newsroom. Jack continues to be gone the rest of this week, but we got another full show coming up for you. <laughs> oh man, this whole week everything is full. Um, we'll, we'll have your sound off, obviously, bottom of the hour. We're going to move a, a little bit around. Jason Ball uh, is going to move to 835. Uh, 8.10, we will have your top five Tuesday. 710 Joe Jordan and obviously your Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management morning drive at 735. Mark, how are you doing this morning? I'm so confused with these time adjustments. Just, <laughs> I know we, 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 we just talked about it. That's why I was looking at you yeah. as I said where everything was. And it's not. And and we, you know, we jumped the clock and on s- Sunday morning and I'm just totally confused. Yeah, everything's all over the place. Um, And I missed yesterday being National Nap Day. I didn't get a nap. (laughs) I did you? I absolutely celebrated. I did too. I absolutely I partook (laughs) in National Nap Day. (laughs) sorry, Mark. Today I catch up a little bit. I hope I have time. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, Mark, what's uh, what's going on in the newsroom? I I heard you say in there, by the way, um, that (laughs) round three goes to uh, Morfeld. Yeah. It's, uh, that's done. Una- uh, Supreme Court ruled unanimously, uh, which pretty, you know, that's a pretty broad or pretty definitive statement uh-huh. that he will be on the primary ballot for county attorney May 10th. So. And it, do- it doesn't go any higher than that. There's not an appeal that can go further. <laughs> well, I imagine you could appeal it to the U.S. Supreme Court, but <laughs> I don't, I, I have a hunch that's one of those that they probably would not accept. When you're 0-3, you don't go to the next one? Um well, it depends. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't think there'd be a third one after after I, I didn't. Two, I didn't either. But it, there, <laughs> there was, and you know, three and done. Right. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so, what, what else is going on? Well, uh, effort uh, a bill introduced to uh, stay on daylight saving time uh, all year long in the unicameral being discussed. Also, uh, moving forward was a bill to make June 13th, or June 19th, mm-hmm. also known as Juneteenth, uh, a state holiday. And uh, there was a lady out, uh, $130,000, uh, retired lady, hmm. internet scam. So those are some of the things that uh, we've got here in the newsroom. Uh, the city council had second readings on the... Uh, Revised scooter policy or scooter ordinance. What's that? It, uh, well, to make them permanent. We've been actually under a 15-month trial, and uh, now it would be, it would make uh, the ordinance permanent. Some changes to the ordinance being proposed that would allow them to uh, be on the bike lanes downtown mm-hmm. Haymarket and also uh, probably have some designated parking areas down in the Haymarket since just dropping them anywhere uh, that seems to screw up some business situations. <laughs> I bet. So, those are the things that are being discussed. It was second reading on the resol- uh, resolution on the ordinance. So, that'll be uh, you know up for a final uh, discussion uh, at an upcoming meeting. So. All right. Uh, by the way, our our top five Tuesday we're going to get into. Like I said, that'll be at eight ten. Your top five 
vacations you've gone on with family. Obviously, this one because Jack has abandoned us this week <laughs> for a vacation with family. Yeah, but what what five can you guys come up with? Well, we'll get into that. That's a at, good one. That at uh, eight ten. Me was was it enjoyable? Do 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 some people just not enjoy going on vacations <laughs> with family? Sure, some of that is out there. Um, today, and I'll, I'll have this a little bit in, in sports. March Madness begins, guys. Or do you do you consider it beginning with the first four? Or does it not begin until you get into the the field of sixty four and you have the full day of games? I think full day of games. Full day of that's games. How, anyway, that's what it feels like. Anyway, you know right. what I'm saying? Like that's that's when everything hits, as but. opposed to these play ins. Yep, but not for those teams. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for those teams, it begins that's, for those guys. That's, that's the that's it's the day. winner go home. Um, and then the women's uh, will get going. Uh, tomorrow as well. And um, Amy Williams, if you guys didn't catch it on Sports Nightly, she was very political with her answer about the seed. To Matt Cotney, who we had as a guest yesterday, he asked her about her feeling on the seed. And she goes, well, there's there's projections as high as six and seven. and um, But the, the, the tournament committee's got a lot to consider, and they're, they're dealing with... Um, you you don't want to put someone in there that you've seen during the regular season. You don't want to have the same conference uh, foes. So you got to move some things around. And I was just like, Amy, just tell us that you hate it. <laughs> just tell us that you hate it and you guys got hosed. <laughs> she wouldn't go there. Oh, well. Politically astute. <laughs> um, Mark, it's uh, Ides of March. A2, Brute? Yeah. So I think that's how it goes. I'd I'd uh, defer to my learned colleague. I was gonna say, did you look at? Do you you just looked at Doug <laughs> Don't like look like at me. like like learned? He studied look, classical literature. I was, I was searching real quick on his notes. All right, Ides of March. What is this now? <laughs> well, I, I do I do know it's considered unlucky, right? Well, it was for uh, for uh, Caesar. <laughs> well, in general, because of like um, this is why you stabbed your salad. debt payments or something were due. Um, back in the day. Debts were due, and if you didn't pay them, you were thrown in jail. That's a new one on me. Well, maybe not. See, oh. see, I, talk about learned right here. Well, <laughs> I don't it, know if that's. Well, it, it, if you go off the the beware the Ides of March, and that's uh, Caesar goes down to the Senate, and he ends up getting stabbed. Right. Um. And, and why don't you just call it what it is? That he was assassinated. Well. Just, yeah. 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 He was, he was stabbed. You're yeah. right. He was stabbed, but. He was assassinated. Yeah, the the, the the more correct term for it is he was assassinated. Um, but it, it, he was assassinated by the Senate because they wanted to take back power. And then the, uh, you've got, um, oh, uh, Mark Antony mm-hmm. runs off with uh, Cleopatra. Cleopatra. So that that's where all of that comes through. Yes, it, it was more about Caesar, and they wanted to take control back away from They thought from Caesar him. was becoming a dictator. Which he was. They, they had to re- remove him from office. <laughs> actually, uh, if you... Uh, and that, that's off the top of my head. I'm sure I'm leaving out plenty of details. Well, actually, I've got it in the uh, the sound off this morning. Not sound off, in the uh, countdown. Morning drive. Morning drive. See, I'm... Brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. I've got I've got the, the whole rundown on, on a lot of the myths from nationaltoday.com. We're going to talk about it in sound off. Wait a minute. No, we're going to talk about it in your top five. Nope, it's going to be in your morning drive. <laughs> by the way, uh, he was assassinated in 44 B.C. And contrary to popular belief, I was not there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you couldn't have been there. That was your first day of kindergarten. 
Someday I'm going <laughs> to slap you. He, he, was, he was across the city on that one. <laughs> I'm just going to slap you. Oh, my goodness. I, I do have a, going back to the scooters, I've got a question. But Well, first of all, when you said they had a first reading on, on, on scooters. Second. Second <laughs> reading on scooters, third reading and something. We're bad with numbers this morning, apparently. Um, my first thought was, well, there's plenty of permanent coffee places. <laughs> and then you started talking about them like oh we're going vroom vroom scooters got it yeah i should uh, technically they're called e-scooters e-scooters for electric oh okay so so what are the things though that look like a skateboard that have this big wheel underneath them have you seen those lately the last two weeks they're about a foot yeah. foot and a half long they've got this huge wheel underneath and these they're riding them all over the place it's like a, a unicycles um yeah. skateboard yes what are those called do you know I hadn't seen them before. I've seen them, but yeah, I don't know what they're called. They're called a one wheel. Oh, I just searched Una skateboard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're they're called a one wheel, which I guess makes sense. They're expensive. They oh got like goodness. lights on them and everything. Yeah, we saw them when we were out walking, and then I saw them a couple day a couple days ago. People riding down the the sidewalk. What do you What do you think it costs? What, what do you mm. think a one wheel costs? But it, well, I'm going to I'm going to say eight ninety five. Mark, I, I'll I'll say four ninety nine. It's going to cost. It's going to run you a grand for for their like smallest for, one. Wow. Well, they're if, not. If you get the one with the treaded tire, you'll go two and a quarter. Dang. Really? Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you have tread on your tire? <laughs> Beats I mean. Me. <laughs> These aren't electric powered, are they? Yeah, I think so. Well, that's what it looked like. This is a. I'd never even seen the. Oh, they got a whole dang website. <laughs> this, I'm telling you, they're is, new. This is apparently I a big just deal. Started. I just started seeing them around town. Maybe, well, maybe it's because the weather's getting nice. But I had never seen them before. Hey, you can go up to 32 miles on a single charge. Yeah, so they're electric. Look at these. You can off road with them. This is just, so it's like snowboarding, but on a right electric wheel. That's what it looks like. Wow. Wow, okay. <laughs> I know, I know, we, we've got now. I'm going to go into the rabbit hole of figuring out what the heck these things even are, where they came from, how long they've been around. Oh, apparently people have been doing this. Is this has been around for probably seven, eight years now? They were they were on Kickstarter in 2014. This is there what the, this is what the people of Lincoln want to know about. <laughs> exactly. They, not not the scooters. Not what's going on. They want to know about these one wheels. What are all the kids on now? They want those one wheels. <laughs> need a one wheeler lane. Yeah, you need another. <laughs> well, actually, I, I wonder if if they could be used in the bike lanes because it's the, the way the wording is is other powered vehicles. Hey, that know. would be a powered vehicle. It would be. So, ooh, hmm. we need a hearing. Oh, we, we're gonna have to figure that out. We're gonna have to carve <laughs> something out for that one. We need understanding. <laughs> <laughs> And a lot of it. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> we got way off track on all of that. Uh, yeah, like we said, got a full show. Uh, we're into the second round of Munch Madness. I'll have those results coming up here in just a little bit. And um, you got a new marquee out for for Norms on 48th. Excited for that. They won't be going until next week. I want to see more folks get those marquees up. I went to one of our Munch Madness uh, competitors for lunch yesterday. Went to, wow, uh, Engine House. 
Went to Engine House. I hadn't been there before. I enjoyed it. It was very nice. They got great breakfast. Too. Well, I got the the chicken fried steak. Okay. Well, it was the the chief's special or something like that, and so it had chicken fried steak, hash browns, eggs, and toast. And I added some sausage links to it. I've never been there. Man, it was real good. <laughs> it was real good. You know, there's that that area in the Havelock. Uh, they really got some significant munch madness uh, exposure this year. And Boxcar, uh, Barbecue, Misty's, Isles, Engine House, they're all right in that area. So, have a little uh, Havelock Havoc. Well, that's the part that I really like about the uh, about it being in, in the regions. You can get the Havelock Havoc. Yeah. Havoc. Havelock Havoc. Havoc. <laughs> oh, well. We'll get the show. Talking is uh, correctly is... We'll get this Under, one-wheeled show back on the tracks. <laughs> Do you know that you can't tell which way the train went by looking at his tracks? Just letting you know. Okay. 623. Sports is next. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Before you hit that drive time, stay alert with Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1499.3 KLIN. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Sprinty Foster. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK Today. All right, before we get into the sound off, <laughs> there was some sound in that last newscast that has got me extremely interested. Because we were talking about daylight saving time and what that would look like for if you went daylight saving time year round and there was opposition and I can't remember who said it, but they said they would want year round standard time and for Nebraska to go to one uniform time zone. And I was like, Oh, okay. And then he said, and it'd be mountain time. And I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) Most of your state is already in central. But then I started thinking if you were standard time, so that takes us back an hour right now would be five thirty nine. And you are mountain time. It would be 439 right now in Lincoln. 439. 439. I would have to look at a lot more times on where (laughs) things are, sunset and sunrise the rest of the year, (laughs) on what that would look like in Lincoln. But I had not heard that before. I'm, I'm sure it would be beneficial as an entire state, I don't know, to be under one time zone. Because you don't get to the mountain until you get pretty far out there. Um, 
Man, I had not heard that before. Well, then we wondered, like, when did it start? So, oh, when, the like, history of so the, the history of it all. Yeah, and it was uh, like around World War One is where you first got it, but it wasn't even standard here until about fifty years ago, right? In, in the sixties, this isn't something the United States has been doing for like two hundred years. <laughs> we can change it, guys. <laughs> like, it's not that big of a deal. All right. Whatever. Let's get into the sound off. Um, a lot to get into here, and uh, of course, one of the things we're just going to go ahead because it is the it's the top. It's it's what's happening. Let's get the latest in Ukraine. Massive explosions ripped through a downtown residential building in Kiev early this morning. The attack just hours ahead of more peace talks between Russia and Ukraine. Around the capital city of Kiev and across other cities and towns in Ukraine, residents and first responders survey the damage from weeks of aerial strikes. We are bombed during the day and during the night. We are peaceful citizens. It's a nightmare what Russia is doing on the territory of Ukraine. In just over two weeks, more than 1.7 million of those refugees have crossed over into Poland. In Tarnow, Poland, Lauren Blanchard, Fox News. And uh, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky is preparing. He's expected to talk with members of Congress tomorrow. Among his requests, we expect Zelensky to call for renewed demands of fighter jets, which was rejected by the administration, and he is finding bipartisan support for that. The House Problem Solvers Caucus writing this, saying providing Soviet-era platforms that Ukrainian service members have previously operated and maintained will be essential to their success in the battlefield and will also protect U.S. defense technology from falling into the hands of the Russians. Zelensky also likely to call again for a no-fly zone but it was rejected thus far by NATO, gaining support, though. Estonia, the first NATO country to vote for it in their parliament yesterday. So you've got Zelensky about to talk to the United States Congress, trying to get some help there. You are also the possibility of getting President Joe Biden to Europe next week. Let's hear about that. White House officials are talking about President Biden possibly going to Europe to meet with NATO leaders. Both AP and Reuters say the trip isn't finalized, but the president could soon be on his way to NATO headquarters in Brussels. He may also make a stop in Poland, which is reeling from a steady stream of refugees running from the Russian invasion, as well as a Russian attack on a Ukrainian base just miles from the border. That attack killed 35 people. In Washington, Jill NATO, Fox News. Now, you've got the folks that are streaming out of the Ukraine, and, and where are they going? You, you obviously got Poland, uh, but there's another place that you're, you're finding housing for refugees. Tens of thousands of people in Britain are signing up to help Ukrainian refugees by taking them into their own homes. The government just launching its Homes for Ukraine website. So far, nearly 44,000 residents have signed up. The nation's housing and community secretary says there will be no limit to how many Ukrainians can enter the U.K. under the visa sponsorship program. Last week, President Biden said the U.S. will welcome Ukrainians displaced by the war with open arms. So far, there's been no coordinated effort in the U.S. Sue Gosman, Fox News. Now, back here at home, there's <laughs> we are we already know what what a lot of what's happening overseas is doing to supplies here. What that's doing to the price of oil, what that's doing to the price of gas. Yes, gas prices are continuing to go up, guys. It's not going to end anytime soon. As Americans are still forced to cope with rising costs caused by inflation, President Biden continues to play the blame game. Because of the pandemic, 
We had significant disruptions in the supply chain. But Americans are feeling that pain at the pump as the national average gas price soars to $4.32 per gallon, up almost $1.50 from just a year ago. And some Democrats now are pushing a bill to punish U.S. oil companies with a hefty tax on major American energy producers. And Republicans are looking directly at the White House, saying Biden has the obvious solution but refuses to act. Yeah, you've you've got a, a lot of the 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 suppliers here that are just charging what they what they can what they can right because that's the way the the gas prices are they're able to just charge that if you look at the profits it's year after year it's record profits right uh, if if you're getting that I don't think you need to continue to let those gas prices continue to rise and hurt the rest of the economy. Right. Now, there are several other shortages, uh, as you heard there in that last clip, talking about the supply chain and where things are. Well, there's a couple other items that are getting a little bit short. The shortage of chlorine tablets pool owners faced last year is going from bad to worse. Right now, 50-pound bucket, we are selling 250. Um, it might go this is on up to $300. When you consider that same bucket two years ago cost less than $100, it's already looking like this will be another pricey pool season. Sam Saha, owner of Pacific Pool Supply, says two fires at two different plants over the past two years is to blame. All right. Well, maybe you might be someone that thinks, I don't got to worry about that. I don't have a pool. How many of us uh, have products that have wheat in them, though? The war in Ukraine has been creating a major dent in wheat supplies there. It is known as the breadbasket of Europe. And now there's a worsening drought in the southern U.S. plains that's threatening that region's winter wheat crop. Farmers in southwestern Kansas haven't received measurable rain or snow since October. And more than half of Kansas has been classified under severe drought or worse as of March 8th. It is the driest since 2018. While the worldwide wheat problem expected to be compounded even further as China's winter wheat crop is suffering after heavy rainfall delayed planting there. Sue Gosman, Fox News. So China can't have wheat because of too much rain. Mm-hmm. Are we dying out because we don't have enough rain? Yeah. That's the craziest thing. And I always wondered like when the drought was going to impact and here, when we were going to hear about the, the impacts of the drought that we've been having because mm-hmm. it's been dry. I mean, yeah. it's been really, really dry. Yeah. So. Yeah, you go through there and you start to as prices are already high, you've got the droughts that that interrupts how much you can grow. Those prices just gonna yep. be higher. The thing that stuck with me was back to the you know the Ukrainians leaving going into Poland, one point seven million. Uh huh. I mean that's like the city of size of like Phoenix. I was looking at like a whole, and that's just Poland. Well, and that that's not other areas. That that's, that's almost all of Nebraska, right? Because Nebraska is right around two million. I think just under yep. two million. Um. But yeah, that's you're, you're thinking about all, the entire state of Nebraska, all at once, all of a sudden going to Poland. Yeah, and that that's not all of the refugees. That's not all of the evacuees. It's just Nebraska going to Poland here in the last couple of weeks. Yep. And then how do you take care of them? Oh, you know, how do you yeah. Take care of this, and, you t- and then you talk about all of these products that are being limited now. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's a, that's hor- that's horrible. Yeah, that's why when when we talked with uh, Pastor Tom yesterday, he said, I, "I I don't know how we can help or right. or what are the things, but 
We're going to ask. Yep. Um, so we'll be looking forward to, to that update next week when uh, when he's back on with Jack. Now, uh, <laughs> this one always seems to come up and it gets money people really anxious. The Fed is looking at, uh, today they're, they're starting a two-day meeting, and it's expected to end with an interest rate increase. Inflation's at a red-hot 40-year high and a burning issue for Americans. Just check any grocery or gasoline receipt. With supply chain disruptions, a COVID squeeze, and the war in Ukraine all putting upward pressure on prices, the Federal Reserve is expected to raise interest rates Wednesday for the first time in three years. Fed officials have signaled they will likely raise rates by one quarter percentage point. But the bigger question is, how quickly do Fed officials believe they need to raise rates this year to keep inflation from becoming entrenched? Carmen Roberts, Fox News. I'm going to be honest. I don't know a whole lot about like the Fed and interest rate hikes <laughs> and what all that ends up affecting. Right. I also don't think I've had to understand that a whole lot to this point in my life. But I know it gets some folks very anxious. Well, it's, you know, you look at um, the value and the purchasing power of your dollar. Mm-hmm. And currently with our interest rates obviously so low, it gives people the opportunity to purchase things. Um, probably more, you know, going into debt more uh, and over their head further than they should. Um, now you start raising rates and then you're going to talk about like the housing market. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where you're, you're really going to see a big hit. Uh, when rates go up, people can't afford less, uh, you know, less home uh, cost for a home. Obviously, the prices that we've seen raise <laughs> you, with the houses. You think people were already able to afford houses right, right now. Right, right. <laughs> so you've got that and then you've got the purchasing power of the dollar just just dropping like a rock. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, and it's impacting the average person with their grocery bills, gas you know prices and all that so it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next year to two years and when you look at the fed because honestly where we need to go interest rates you know with inflation rising you know the way to bring inflation down they say is you to increase the interest rates okay but if you if you can't technically do that mm-hmm. without crushing the market that's where the right that's where the you know the rubber meets the road so uh you were talking about about grocery shopping well there there's one place that is ending their their pandemic hours their their what they've been doing for a pandemic shopping option, that's about to come to a close. About a month from now, Costco will eliminate its special shopping hours. Costco started special hours in March of 2020 for those most at risk for COVID-19, people over 60, and for healthcare workers and first responders or those immunocompromised. The last day of special hours will be April 17th. Costco planned to end special hours last July, but decided to reduce the hours from five Five days a week to two. Since then, most Costco's have been holding the hours from 9 to 10 a.m. Tuesday and Thursday. Ginny Cosola, Fox News. I didn't realize any places were still doing that. I didn't either. I didn't either. <laughs> but I know it was helpful for people. You know, during oh, that yeah. time, it was a huge help. So I, yeah, I didn't realize Yeah, there were some folks that were able to take advantage of that. Hey, we, we talked about, about it a little bit earlier, but 
Although some folks might not think it begins until you get to 64, this is the start of March Madness. Dayton, Ohio takes center stage for the College Hoops World for the first of the first four play-in games that will help set the field for the round of 64 in the men's basketball bracket. It all starts off with a Lone Star State showdown for the 16th seed in the Midwest region as Southland champions Texas A&M Corpus Christi take on SWAC champs Texas Southern. Winner will advance to Thursday's matchup against top seed the Midwest Kansas. Tip-off in that one coming up at 6.40 p.m. Eastern. That's followed by a showdown for the 12th seed in the East region as Wyoming and Indiana square off both schools entering the big dance on at-large bids. The winner will square off against 5th seed in the region St. Mary's on Thursday. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. This is a time of year we're all reminded that true TV is a thing. (laughs) We have to find that channel. (laughs) And then the rest of the year we won't watch it. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So Texas A&M Corpus Christi is one of the teams playing tonight. That's who Nebraska hosts this weekend. Uh, Nebraska baseball. Oh, really? We've got a pair of tickets to Friday's game. Yeah. Friday's evening game. A Friday night game at the ballpark. No things have not exactly been going great. But, and we've got some other, we have a lot of things to give away this week, by the way. If you want to go to this Nebraska baseball game Friday night, we got a pair of tickets at Haymarket Park. Just text in that you want those tickets. And at at 7 o'clock, we'll pick a winner. There you go. So you guys have got seven minutes right now. We're going to take a break. We'll remind you on the other side. But Texas A&M Corpus Christi, because they are playing tonight, and Nebraska baseball is hosting them this weekend, if you want to go to that game, we got a pair of tickets. Text in that you want them to the Rickstein Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400. We're going to take a break, and we'll wrap up the 6 o'clock hour next on 1499.3 KLI. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. 6.36. Now, normally we would be getting Jason Ball, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce here, but we're we're moving some things around here over the next uh, month or so. Not as as a permanent, but just we can expand our time with Jason Ball on some days that John Baylor is unable to be here. And today is one of those days, so we will have Jason Ball coming up for you at 8.35, so listen into the show for that. Um, you can keep texting in. you got a couple minutes left if you want to get those pair of tickets for Nebraska baseball hosting Texas A&M Corpus Christi, the first Friday home game of the year because you didn't get the Long Beach State one last week. Um, text in 402-479-1400 on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline. Just that you want them. You don't got to do anything. You don't got to look anything up. You don't got to answer a question. Just say, I want them tickets. Get them. Um, and you're you're going to be at some of the games, I, right? Absolutely. I love baseball. I yeah. love it kicking off. Yeah, you, you sit. my favorite things. You, you sit, what, like uh, one, two rows right behind the catcher, right yep, behind the backstop? I have to see everything. I want to see it. <laughs> Unless, back when my son was playing, so I talked to a buddy of mine about this, like, where's the best location to watch baseball because some people will have their specific spots they want to sit right uh-huh. obviously when you have a player playing you want to pl- you want to sit you know like my son played third base i'd want to sit down the third baseball line mm-hmm. but man during just a regular game when i don't have a player in in action yeah i want to sit right behind home play yeah i love that let me get to see everything where do you like to sit <sighs> i don't know because i haven't it's been now I've gone to the College World Series and I've sat in the outfield. Yep, that's fun. Um, I've gone to a Royals game. I've sat um, probably ten rows up from the first base dugout. Yep, that's fun. Um, I've I've sat behind the backstop for some places. Now most of the baseball that I've grown up with was going to like Legion Fields. Right. You didn't have a whole lot of choice. Right. <laughs> you you could stand along like the fence. Um, you you were pretty much behind the backstop for most of it, but. 
Yeah, that that was. It's interesting to to think about some folks. Depending on the reason you're at the game, if you're just there yep. to watch, what would be the place you would most want to sit? Yep. Now, I did like the the last year that they played at Rosenblatt. I got to go up in one of those boxes. That'd be cool. That was pretty That'd nice. Cool. That was a pretty nice way to watch yeah. a ball game. Yep. Um, as we wrap up the seven o'clock hour, you can still text in that you want tickets. We'll we'll announce that at seven ten, right as we get into the segment with uh, Joe Jordan. So make sure you're listening for that. Want to remind people we do have coming up April first, so less than just a few weeks away. As a matter of fact, the mother of all garage sales is going to be going on um, with over two hundred booths out at the Lancaster Event Center. So much fun! I, last year was my first year being part of it, and, and just seeing. All of the different items that that people bring out, it is a, it's one big garage sale. That's why we call it the mother of all garage sale, garage sales, Moags. But we do still have some space if you would like to bring out a booth. You've got some things to sell. Um, you can just get a hold of us here at at Broadcast House. Head to klin.com. You can get the information on on how to get a booth for that mother of all garage sales, April first and the second. It is seven o'clock. We've got Joe Jordan coming up after a check of news here on KLIN. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 710 in the capital city and as we do on tuesdays caleb henry doug fitzgerald we're going to be speaking with news channel nebraska's joe jordan joe is everyone recovered from the marathon that was last week for news channel nebraska and the state basketball tournaments well i think so uh (laughs) you know it's it's one of those things that uh it hits hard and fast, and then it kind of, you know, kind of comes back down pretty quickly. Yeah, but, uh, it was interesting. It was a great week for, you know, high school basketball and state coming together and being nice to each other, at least in one place. <laughs> right. Well, well. Before we get to that, I, I just want to say I appreciate, and I know there's a lot of us that do that appreciate all the coverage News Channel Nebraska did throughout the the entirety of the week. Um, especially for folks that were trying to watch games, maybe couldn't get there, and and for News Channel Nebraska to have games on Monday through Thursday, that was phenomenal uh, for the sport and for our young people here in Nebraska. Well, I, we we truly appreciate that, and and you know the the reality is, folks may not know this, uh, but News Channel Nebraska, it, 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 the title of the company is News Channel Nebraska, but we really started out in some respects doing those high school uh, basketball and football games uh, several years ago. And that that's kind of how the whole process emanated and, and turned eventually into the, the news operation that it is. But uh, thank you very much. Now, 
a place that maybe there was now there, there there were a lot of battles on the basketball court and 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 but overall people were were more than respectful uh at times, not so much at the uh, Nebraska legislature, <laughs> Joe. This has been uh, this has been one talking with some folks off air, a little bit on air with uh, with Tim Haruzi yesterday. But man, this this uh, past week, past couple weeks, and now we're getting into primary season. It's it's really ramping up for you guys covering this. Well, it's not. It's last week was it was in, in terms of the the this session of the legislature. It mm-hmm. was uncommon. In that, uh, you know, the uh, the blank hit the fan uh, because th- there was a, there was a key issue came up, and it's Senator Brewer's bill that would uh, basically make it uh, a whole lot easier to carry a concealed weapon in the state. You wouldn't have to have a permit. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, there's a lot of there's some nuances to that, depending on Lincoln and Omaha, and some things that might come down the road later. But it's a, it's, a, it's a controversial bill, although it got a lot of votes on the first round of debate. I don't think the debate's over yet. But anyway, but during that highly provocative uh, debate, um, some a couple of lawmakers, you know, quote unquote, lost their cool, and uh, we are where we are uh, in terms of trying to get things back to normal. I will tell you, and we can go into what the specifics of the of the storm was in a, yeah. in a second. But I will tell you that over the years. There is, it's not every session of the legislature, but maybe every other session of the legislature, there is a moment when when cooler heads don't prevail, mm-hmm. and and and, it, and things get a little tense and, and crazy for a while. Uh, whether that's the, the stress of trying to get certain you know, your own piece of legislation through and you're having trouble, uh, whether it's a it's a reelection period and and you're you're diverted your attention on several different fronts. You're running for re-election. You're in the middle of a legislative session, other things that are going on in your life. There usually is, though, a time during a legislative session when things sort of go off the rails, and they tend to generally come back sooner than later. So that's that's the overview. Now, in terms of the specifics of last week, <laughs> as I said, it had to do with uh, Senator Brewer's uh, uh, permit to uh, carry a concealed weapon uh, or lack of necessarily to carry a have a permit to carry a concealed weapon mm-hmm. and senator michaela kavanaugh from omaha took to the the floor and during the debate on the bill she noted it was going to be difficult for her to talk about the bill uh there were things she wanted to say but she felt she couldn't say them because she felt there might be people up in the balcony who were carrying weapons and could you know start a you know start a shootout i guess uh <laughs> That didn't fall real well with Senator Brewer. He then got up on the floor and said that uh, that, that the state patrol had checked uh, people up there. There was nobody in the balcony that had a uh, had a weapon, and it's meant that if you if you're that concerned about things like that, maybe you should do a gut check and figure out you know why you're here in the first place. Mm-hmm. Well, prior that was Thursday. Prior to getting to Friday, I had checked with the uh, state patrol and was told that. They don't talk about security situations at the Capitol, but uh, the spokesperson for the patrol was not aware of any uh, weapons uh, allowed in the balcony on Thursday. Well, then on Friday, uh, Senator Kavanaugh got up and she started actually reading the story that uh, we had written about about Thursday's event, because I think it's possible she may have left the floor after she made her comments and didn't hear Senator Brewer's comments. Uh-huh. So she was reading Brewer's comments, uh, finished it, got done, sat down, 
Uh, Senator Brewer got up. I think people were expecting him to say something outrageous. He didn't. But a few minutes later, Senator Julie Slama, uh, a fellow Republican along with Brewer, she got up and she pretty much uh, laid the wood to to Senator uh, Michaela Kavanaugh. During which time, when you when you call a senator out by name, and she said, Senator, in a negative sense, uh-huh. uh, lawmakers have the opportunity to call, yell for a point of order. And so, Michaela Kavanaugh hears her name being said in a disparaging way to her. She yells for a point of order, and nobody stops Senator Slama from talking, which is usually the case when this happens. So, Senator Slama kept going. Michaela Kavanaugh again said, point of order. It didn't stop anybody from stopping Senator Slama, at which point uh, Senator Kavanaugh left the uh, floor of the legislature, left the room. And then Senator Patty Pansing Brooks got up and she complained that she couldn't understand why the point of order hadn't been agreed to. That does, that's just not the way it works. Senator Lathrop got up. Uh, so pretty much Democrats versus Republicans at this point. Senator Lathrop, another Democrat, he got up and said that the uh, legislative process was going to hell. Um, and then, then that things at that point, then things kind of got back to the bill itself. They calmed down. The weekend came. Um, I'm not aware of anything crazy going on yesterday. My, you know, my gut tells me that may have been the that may have been the volcano's moment, and things have uh, things have calmed since then. But you know, we're still got a month to go. Um, there's a lot of contentious legislation still out there, so it, it's it's not a foregone conclusion that something else won't won't erupt down there. There's just tons of great progress on the budget, right, Joe? <laughs> well, and, and that's I mean that's that is, that is the ultimately and in reality, it's the one thing they have to do uh, by according to the Constitution, they have to pass they have to pass the budget. Uh-huh. Uh, and given where the you know we're in an, we're in an election year, Democrats and Republicans are at each other's throats, uh, depending on which how you feel how the money in the state budget should be spent. And Democrats and Republicans usually have some, you know, variations of degrees of agreement on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this could get uh, heated again uh, over the budget. I think a lot of the, there's going to be a lot of pressure on all that federal, you know, the, the quote unquote ARPA money, the federal COVID relief money. There's a billion dollars that the state's trying to parcel out, and uh, there's going to be a lot of disagreement as to how much should go where. So there's there's room for plenty of more fiery debate. Well, in fiery debate, that's normal, right? Like so, so you you've got there's always been fiery debate. That's that's nothing new in the legislative process. For me, as a sports guy, and I look at it, it's what you need to do is get the number of points or votes for what you want your team or your bill, your legislation to win to pass. How how often or is it happen? Is it becoming more frequent for folks to take not getting the points, not getting the votes? or people opposing their bills personal as opposed to it just being part of the legislative process? Well, I think, I think that's, I don't know if that's a new phenomenon. Uh-huh. I think when you, if you pour yourself into something, well, let, let's take, let's take Senator Brewer's bill, which for the moment he is winning. Uh-huh. He has spent now six years, six years trying to get to this point. So it's not like he just woke up, you know, two months ago, put a bill in, <laughs> said, "Let's," you know, he's been he's been working on this thing off right. and on for six years, in, incrementally trying to get to the point where he could get to where he is today. So uh, if he gets, you know, you, you can see how that could, you know, if something's not going your way, uh, that could that could upset you. 
so it's you know it it does get personal at some point when you put that much time either into a you know pro- proposing something or opposing something mm-hmm. uh it can it can get to rankle you uh there's there's no doubt about that and um and one other point on this i think you know uh in in, in the nebraska legislature you've got a number of you got I don't know. I'm not sure what the number is, but you've got a number of attorneys, and then you've got a lot of people that aren't attorneys. Attorneys, by nature, by their education, and I'm not saying that they're smarter, but by by their education, they are taught the pros and cons of debate. Mm-hmm. They're used to you go into a courtroom, you, you're 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 battling with your your opponent. You might win, you might lose, uh, but that's that's the foundation of your of your education if you, when you're not an attorney and you go in and, and, you, and you get in the middle of one of these things you can take it a bit more personally because uh that you, you didn't have that training in terms of the law and then the pros and cons uh-huh. of of winning and losing and i do think i do think the attorneys down there have a have a have a more even keel sense of, of of when the debate you know rises or falls in terms of the decorum down there. Joe, I live this out every day with Jack Mitchell in here. <laughs> you, you, you should hear the off-air arguments we have. I get very, I take things very personally. <laughs> uh, well, and I, but I do think there's something to that. I mean, over mm-hmm. the years when I've done interviews uh, with a variety of people from various walks of life, um, attorneys seem to, my my belief as a reporter has been that, and this this isn't a hundred percent, trust me. But overall, I think attorneys understand the give and take of a of a debate uh, more so than someone who hasn't uh, gone through that educational process. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not I'm not praising lawyers. I'm not a lawyer, uh, but I but I do think that uh, that by their training, I think they they pick yeah. up some of that. So yeah, there, there's a, there's a benefit that they have from that background. Um, regardless of what what they're doing now or what they're arguing, they're because they've been trained in that. Obviously, if someone's trained in free throws, they're probably going to shoot free throws a little bit better than than, than someone who's only ever been trained to uh, swing a bat. And things things a little bit different there. Hey, uh, Joe, before I let you go, we we're we're we've got had people texting in that they want tickets to Husker baseball this Friday. I could go pick randomly, but I've seen all of the names. Could you just give me a number one through ten? Uh. Seven. One, two, three, four, five, six. Tammy is our winner. So, Tammy, you can thank Joe because you'll be going <laughs> to the game on Friday. And that's Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska. Hey, Joe, thanks so much for your time this morning. Always enjoy it. And um, I hope our, our debates remain less fiery than some of those that we cover. Hey, I appreciate the time. You guys have a good week. There you go. That is uh, Joe Jordan. Great stuff. Always great stuff. Lo- love talking with him. Um, Tammy, keep an eye on your phone. We're going to be giving, sending you a text. We need a little bit more information on some stuff. And, uh, hey, go into some baseball. We're going to have some baseball results, some Munch Madness results all coming up here. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends. 723 on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 99.3 KLIN. 740 here in the capital city. We got a lot to get to this morning. So without further ado. Number five. Unicameral gave initial approval to a bill that would place the state in permanent daylight saving time if neighboring states or the federal government make the same move. The vote 40 to 3 at first round, one day after most of the country moved ahead an hour with daylight saving time. Uh, Senator uh, Senator uh, Tom Breezy uh, actually proposed it. Senator Steve Erdman opposed it. But then he said he would also uh, be, he would rather we switch to a single time zone and be in the mountain time zone, <laughs> which right. would effectively do about the same thing. Well, yeah, if you, well. I loved living in the mountain time zone. I could support that. Well, if, if you stayed permanent daylight saving and went to mountain time zone, it would basically be like being in central time on standard. But. If you went uh, to now, say that again. Yeah, <laughs> That's I know. So I don't think yeah, that was stated quite correctly. If we go to Mountain Time Zone in the whole state, that's the same as the current Central Time Zone being on daylight saving time. Yes. Yes. Um, no, because the Central Time's currently on. We right now in the Mountain Time Zone is six forty-one. Right. But if we stayed standard. Yes. That that's what I that that's what I'm getting to. Yes. Yeah. So if we were daylight saving time and mountain time, that would be like right now being in central time zone on standard. But if we went to standard and mountain time, that's going to push us back two hours from right now. Because mountain time right now is six forty-two. But they're on daylight saving time. Yes. And if we if you go standard time by that as well, then it's five forty-two. Because we sprung forward an hour <laughs> and mountain time. You're, you're overthinking it. No, I'm just if, saying if, that would be we, a two-hour difference from what it is right now. No, it wouldn't. It'd be yeah. an hour. If we stay standard time, like before we went on daylight saving day, and just moved to the mountain time zone, that's one hour. Yeah, if we went to... Well, uh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> what is standard time? I guess that's, that's the... That's during the winter. Central yep. Standard Time, Mountain Standard Time. Which is? Well, which, it, what's, what was right what we were on? Right now, we're on Daylight Saving Daylight time. Saving. So, right now, Central Standard Time would be 642. 642. Yes. Central so, Standard Time would be, would be 542 Mountain, then. Correct. But if we stay, if we were 642... I'm getting it. I'm getting it. It's taken me three at two, two hours, right? <laughs> two hours right now. But I'm getting it. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a repeat of the 6 to 6.30? (laughs) Oh, man. Juneteenth on its way to becoming a state holiday. Senator Justin Wayne introduced the bill saying June 19th marks the emancipation of slaves in the U.S. 
The bill originally would have replaced Arbor Day with Juneteenth, but an amendment added the day, so Arbor Day will not be affected. Uh, President Biden recently signed a bill, and Juneteenth is now a federal holiday as well. Right, so you're going to get that. The, the, the biggest part of all of this is to not take away Arbor Day. That, that's obviously or, very... Which is a state holiday. Yes, that, that's very near and dear to Nebraskans. Um, especially as you get to this area, and you got the Arbor Day Foundation, you've got everything that goes on in Nebraska City. Um, so so that's obviously a big deal there. Uh, but Juneteenth becoming a, a state holiday, as well as it is a national holiday, that is a big deal. Um, th- yep. there, there are certain holidays that you go through, and, and there are things that are celebrated that you can find maybe there are some issues with and there are some things that aren't celebrated that maybe should be celebrated more this is one of them that i believe should be celebrated more i agree i i would like to have seen this though as one of those permanent monday holidays or friday holidays yeah it's so yeah so Uh, it's going on just that day and it it moves with it right but this year it'll be actually on the 20th because the 19th is a sunday oh first day you have it and already got to move it today yep Number three. Nebraska baseball got a walk-off win over Omaha yesterday to improve to 5-9. and nine. The Huskers home for two games against New Mexico State today and tomorrow. Things haven't gone quite as planned so far. But uh, for you guys, confidence level? I'm, I, I'm, yeah, taking, I'm taking it like the volleyball team. All right? They've got to figure out their, you know, their lineups, you know, and, and uh, get those new kids all situated. And I think they're going to do all right. I think they're coming back. There's, but I think there's a comfort factor to. Yeah, there, there, there. there's a lot to figure out. The there's pitch, a lot. The pitching side of it, especially. That's huge. Who starts? You know, going through the weekend. Well, and then you, you think about the guys that that were lost off of last year. Yep. Um, and and there have been some guys that have thrown some dandies. That's why Shea Shanneman won the, uh, the he was pitcher of the week for the Big Ten last week, yep. um, or the the week before. So there's there are some things that you can build on, but you watch a lot of baseball. There there there's just there's not the timely hitting. You got it last night. Yep. Um, there's been the late games where Nebraska's giving up runs in the ninth. Like last night, they gave up runs in the seventh, eighth, and ninth yep. for the game to be tied going into the bottom, and you needed to get that walk off. Um, and Omaha walked it off on Sunday. Yep. So things have not been kind to the Huskers. Nope. There's either been one big inning or it's been late games. And that's baseball, right? Yeah. Baseball is that. So, yeah, them figuring out their lineup, I think they're going to be fine. I do. I think in, when they get in conference play, I think they're going to do all right. But I think it's just a matter of giving them the these first few games here to get uh, settled in, and they'll figure it out. Do you think they should still be the favorite to win the Big Ten? If in the non-conference well, right now, that's the only fine. thing. But you know, right now it's a little uneasy with that. Yeah. But I think they'll be competitive. I don't think they're going to be uncompetitive in the conference. Do, do you think anything through this non-conference should give people worry that they're not going to make the postseason? <laughs> I don't. That's a good one. Uh, I don't know because you, you split with Omaha. And yes, Omaha beat yeah. Creighton in the in the the one game that they had there. But you also. Um, you, you took three of four the last full weekend that you played. Things had things did not look good no, down in Texas. No, not at all. That, that for was, the most part. That was the first time when you were like going, uh, it's getting a little uneasy. But them coming back and getting kind of set in the groove, and I think these next games at home are going to help a lot. You know, what, what is there? You said there's nine home yeah, games here. Yeah, it's ten straight home games. Yeah, which is going to uh, be a when, huge when help. When you count yesterday's game, yeah, and that'll be a good help for them to get to get settled in to. Getting some comfort factor and then confidence. Yeah. Confidence is huge in baseball. I mean, if you're not confident in your lineup and your players and in the hitting, 
Yeah. Um, but once those streaks get going, I think they're going to be fine. And that includes getting into the conference with um, with Michigan at home. Yep. So you go through all that. And we'll find out. I'm going to need to see how this stretch of home games go, but I, I'll admit my confidence level has slipped from where it was before the season started. I, I would expect the I would have expected the record to be the other way right yeah. now nine and five big, as opposed to five and nine. There's a big hype up. Ugh. Yep. Number two. Well, it appears people are moving away from the practice of filling out brackets for the March Madness college basketball tournament. People evidently placing wagers more often. American oh. Gaming Association predicting three point one billion with a B as in billion. That uh, that'll be what's wagered on college hoops. The dollar figure includes both legal bets and those placed with illegal bookies or offshore websites. Here's there's a decrease in use of brackets uh, to fill out with workmates, family, or buddies, and it's linked to the growing use of betting apps and legal gambling in more than half the states in the country and the District of Columbia, but not in Nebraska. Right. Now, I still know plenty of people that get together. They've got a pool. There, There's a, a guy that I've known since college who I still get invited every year to a Facebook group to fill out brackets. <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll Venmo him five bucks, and I'll fill out a bracket, and I'll just be part of that because who knows? You might win a little bit there. But uh, it is interesting to see more people going on the gambling by picking a certain team to make the Final Four or make a certain round or win the championship um, or you can go as far as the individual games I still am very interested in filling out an entire bracket and, and having every one of those games mean something a little bit to me without there necessarily being a monetary value in every one of them now, now I enjoy sports betting um, I enjoyed it when I lived in Iowa. I enjoy it when I go visit family in Iowa. Um, I'll enjoy it when it when it does really start up and get going here in Nebraska. But on the on, on the brackets, I still like filling it out and going. Yes, I, I picked this seven seed to go to the Sweet Sixteen, and now I'm invested in this game on True TV and uh, or I'm watching on TBS. Like all of these games mean something without necessarily having to have a monetary value. Do you you fill out brackets? I am not I mean, a bracket got, guy. I've done it you've once. You've got the in my Munch life. Madness bracket. Though. I, that's this is. I, <laughs> I've been excited about Munch Madness, but no, I have filled out a bracket once in my life, and so I'm just not a big basketball guy. When it gets to Sweet 16, I'll start watching and paying attention. That's right. kind of where I am. My son's totally in. That's the thing That's about the asking. brackets, though. The, the brackets, you don't have to necessarily be a basketball guy or even a college basketball guy um, or girl. It's it, You can fill them out, and it, it like it doesn't hurt you at all. Sometimes, because my fiance, she'll fill one out. And there are times that she's done really well in brackets. There are some times she's done dead last because she picked way too many 16s to win in the first <laughs> round. But... It's something fun that gives you a little incentive to watch some of the games. It gives you someone to to semi-cheer for, to have something on the line with the games going on. It just increases the attention I'm going to have on each one of the games. So here's my commitment. I'm going to fill one out. Good. How about that? Good. I did Munch Madness? We're doing March Madness. I sent out uh, a, a link. I'll send you a link for it, too. We're, we're right. doing Broadcast House, both men's and women's. Mark, how about you? You a bracket guy? Nope. But I did the first one ever yesterday. Oh, Ooh. hey, hey. Who's your newbies? Final, uh, okay, now I got to know who's the final four. Who, who do you got? Um, Arizona, Kansas, and I forget. 
here's the thing. I admitted to Dirk yesterday that I have not looked at the men's bracket. I still have not looked at the men's bracket at all. I will look at it one time and fill out one bracket. We're just going to leave it all out there. Zero research. That's what I did. I When I got the link yesterday, within 20 minutes, I had it filled out, and that was it. 20 minutes? I'm going to go click, 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 have this puppy done in five. <laughs> well, the first time I'd ever done a bracket, it took me a little while to figure it right. all out. <laughs> and, there, and there are some folks in the building who do not know the proper way to fill out a bracket. A little easier online because you click them, but not to throw any bick under the bus. Number one. <laughs> The unlucky Paul over the Ides of March is a more portentous tie to ancient Rome, as Roman Emperor Julius Caesar was famously unlucky on the Ides of March in 44 BC. He was assassinated by some senators, fearing their ruler was becoming a dictator, but movies, even Shakespeare, kind of distort the historical events to make them more entertaining. Now, from nationaltoday.com, we find out a couple of myths about the Ides of March. Uh-oh. Julius Caesar was admonished to beware the Ides of March by an unknown soothsayer. Not true. Hillman was actually beware the next 30 days and was actually prophesied on February 15th, 44 B.C. by Etruscan soothsayer named Spirina. Myth number two, Brutus was Caesar's best friend and led the assassination plot. That's false. There were, in fact, three conspirators, Brutus, Cassius, and Decimus. Decimus known to be the most trusted by Caesar and was probably the leader of the conspiracy. Caesar, uh, myth three, Caesar no, uh, nobly uttered a tu brute, your, you too, Brutus, with his dying breath, but that's false. Caesar singling out Brutus as he lay dying was an invention of the Renaissance movement. The emperor was a trained soldier. He fought for his life, tried to escape the ambush. Probably never uttered those words. I hear you just admonishing creative freedom. I'm just reporting what <laughs> National Today has on the fallacies of the Ides of March. I'm just simply going to believe what Shakespeare wrote. That's what I'm going to go with. That all sounds about right to me. A two, Caleb? Close enough. Uh, that is your morning drive brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. We do have some more giveaways. We, we Tammy was our winner for Husker baseball tickets. I've got some other giveaways. I'll tell you about that after the break. It is 7.54 on LNK Today with Jack and Friends. When- You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. So I said a few minutes ago that we've got some more tickets that we're going to be giving away. This weekend, you have got the Husker Lawn and Leisure Show, the Lancaster Event Center. I've got two four-packs of tickets. If you want those, you have to participate in our Top 5 Tuesday, which is your top five vacations with family that you've gone on. Top five in your in, in your lifetime. It could be when you were a kid, went on a vacation. It could be you and your significant other, before you had kids, went on a vacation. Honeymoon's a vacation. It could be a vacation you went on just last summer. Maybe just last week. Maybe one you're on this week. Who knows? Those are what we're going to be talking about in our Top 5 Tuesday. That's coming up. If you want those Husker Lawn and Leisure tickets, you have to participate. It's 8 o'clock on KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. 
Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. KLIN. 810, Caleb Henry, Doug Fitzgerald, Mark Vale in the KLIN newsroom with you for another hour on this Tuesday, and it is a top five Tuesday. I realize we've had a couple weeks of not quite getting to this, but it is here. And if you participate, you will be eligible for a four-pack of tickets to the Husker Lawn and Leisure Show this weekend at the Lancaster Event Center. Our top five Tuesday that we are looking at today, and you can participate on the Rickstein Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400, Vacations with Family. It could be something you went to as a kid, something that you went to as a family, now as a grown adult. It doesn't have to be your whole family. It could be just you and your husband, you and one of your kids, you and your dad growing up. Something in there, your top five. Now, uh, I'm so happy that Mark joins us. <laughs> just because... I always feel like when we have these top five Tuesdays, when Mark is involved, <laughs> yes, that we get a different perspective than mine. <laughs> okay, yeah. Jack is his own perspective. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. his, um, his own persona, too. Exactly. And then, obviously, Doug being in here, getting to take part in some of the segments not normally part of. So I will get us started here um, with my, my top five. My number five is state basketball. For some people in Lincoln, they're, oh, state basketball, that happens all the time. That was always our trip in the spring as a family, was always to go to state boys basketball. Um, And you got a few days off from school. Even if we didn't have school out, we got those days off. And you'd come come to Lincoln. um, We'd go eat at Grisanti's, RIP. have all all of the bread that you could have there. We'd go to Laser Tag. And it was just, that was always fun. I knew every spring, once you got to state basketball, and then one of the years we qualified, and that That's was super fun. Um, but we would always go to state basketball, and that was so much fun. My number four, Colorado, several years back, my, for my grandparents' 50th anniversary, the, the whole family went and got cabins at Estes Park. Oh, wow. That was a good time when you've got all of the cousins, all of the aunts and uncles. Um, we've got uh, a bunch of family that lives in Colorado, so they're all right there. We've got family from California that came in, and they've got cabins. That was so much fun uh, to go out there, and obviously Colorado's very, very beautiful. Um, every summer, my dad and I, and then my sister when she was old enough, would go to, we'd go up to Big Alkali. That's near Valentine. And we'd always go up and go pike fishing. Uh, it, just for several days, we had an old pop-up camper that my grandpa passed down to him um, that had a, a dent that had been burned in because they tried to raise it up in the garage one time, but the garage light was on. <laughs> just like that kind of old. It was just all... Sm- can you remember the smell of it? M- musty. I can, Absolutely yeah, musty inside. Yeah, it's like this thing yeah. had never been dried out completely. Uh, my number two, 
when when I was real little, the kind of second grade through fifth grade kind of area, we would go to South Dakota, go to Mount Rushmore. Somehow we would always go up there during Sturgis. <laughs> yeah. Which nothing says bring your kids like Sturgis. Uh but that was fun cuz cuz everyone was super nice and I, there there's some real little pictures of me and my sister sitting on the back of a motorcycle. Um we'd go all throughout the Black Hills. We went to Bedrock City before it closed. That was Flint like where the Flintstones were. Hmm. That was a lot of fun to go through there. And my number one, the summer after I graduated high school, I qualified for National Junior Olympics in Greensboro, North Carolina. My dad and I drove from Loop City to Greensboro, North Carolina, took a couple of days. We stopped and camped at a couple places on the on the way there. Um, and it was just everywhere we stopped and, and we went out to eat, we always had to get strawberry lemonades, and we made a ranking of our strawberry lemonades across the whole trip. I competed in North Carolina for a couple of days, got a couple of uh, runner-ups, but just going that whole trip with my dad, talking the whole way there, playing music, just having that experience, that that is my number one on my list of vacations I've had um, with family so far. Who knows? Maybe maybe that list will change sometime in the future here oh, yeah. now that I've got a little one and yep. uh, we take her. Doug, what's your top five? Oh, my. You brought back – well, you actually brought back a memory of mine that I um, – when you talked about state basketball uh-huh. – State wrestling for our oh, family. Oh, I've heard how big of an experience big, that is. And we would we would come to Lincoln, which was the big city when I was a little kid, you know, and be able to go to Pershing and be able to watch all the wrestling and spin. So that's I'm going to put that in my top five because that was a, that was a good memory. Growing up, number two, uh, we we always went to Oregon. So my mom's family was from Oregon. Oh, cool. So we had a camper that Dad put on the back of the truck, and we get a ride in the back of the camper. We had little walkie talkies, you know, that would uh, um, we would talk to be able to you know talk to mom and dad in the cab, mm-hmm. and we'd ride on the top <laughs> of that, and you know, on the top area that that sits right over on the camper that sits over the the cab, you know, mm-hmm. and just watch and. And it was so fun going through the Rocky Mountains and going all the way. And then once we saw the ocean was kind of like the big, you know, pinnacle of the moment. So we'd see the ocean and enjoy that. But we enjoyed family and friends there. All kinds of great food, we remember. Uh, So going to Oregon, uh, number two. Number three, there's so many of them. Uh, Caleb, <laughs> which is so fun. But, you know, number three, we, we took our kids to Atlantis one year in, in the Bahamas. And that was so fun when they were young and be able to go to that, that uh, the water park and be able to show them, you know, kind of the tropics and all that. So we enjoyed that. Number four, it rates right up there. We would, my grandparents owned a cabin at Sherman Lake. Yes. And so during the summers when I grew up, you know, dad would hitch up the boat, ski boat. And we'd head out there for the weekends, and we would fish, and we would ski, mm-hmm. and we would cook crappie, and we would uh, just enjoy family. And usually it was with my grandparents yes. and my aunts and uncles, and we just had a great time. That's one of the things where some people heard my state basketball, and they go, oh, we're in Lincoln. That's not a vacation. For me, Sherman is uh, eight miles outside of Loop yeah. City. <laughs> so it wasn't vacation. You were going there <laughs> we were all the time. there. But it was such a great time. I mean, that was when you know when we were young. But but you talk about when you had that cabin with all your your family. Yeah. When we would go to Sherman, it was family. Awesome. And that was there all the time. And my final one, I yeah yeah, you know, one of the I w- I had a chance to sponsor um, 
at uh let's see where were we at uh, we had a chance to sponsor the junior high kids or the middle school kids going to washington dc uh-huh. so i got to help sponsor that that trip out from lux middle school here in yeah. town and i did that two years in a row with my kids and it was uh it was just one of the best trips um, going out there and, and to see all the landmarks um in the washington dc area uh we just enjoyed that the last year i think we went uh, we went to new york city got to take the kids down you know into new york city and go to the the statue of liberty and all that so a lot of that and obviously like you said i, I like that you said you know trips with family because that all revolved around family right yeah so uh you could send your top five into the rick sign recognition on the hotline 402-479-1400 for a chance at husker lawn and leisure show tickets to this weekend mark your top five well mine uh, spans many 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 decades and <laughs> takes in uh, literally, from when I was four years old, the first vacation I remember with my immediate family, we did a, a trip over Christmas from southern Minnesota to Los Angeles to visit my aunt and uncle. I was four years old. Disneyland had just opened. I got to spend time <laughs> with my uh, cousin, Jean Ann and Dick, and my aunt and uncle. And, and I don't remember a lot about the trip, but it was a four-day drive out and a four-day drive back. I can tell, I can tell you that. But That's awesome. Disneyland. So that was uh, one of the first that I remember. Another one uh, was a uh, road trip uh, shortly after our kid. Both kids were probably five and nine, something like that. We took it took a road trip out of Topeka and went to see many of the Laura Ingalls Wilder. Uh, places that she Ooh. had lived and followed some of the museums. My oldest daughter was a big fan of Laura Ingalls Wilder's uh, writing. Um, and the other one uh, was a Thanksgiving family trip to Mexico the year after my dad passed. My brothers and his family, my sister and his family, our family, and my mom. My brother got a, a fairly large compound that he was able to rent down in uh, on the Gulf of uh, Sea of Cortez in uh-huh. Rocky Point, Mexico. We all stayed in one home. It's, the place slept like 25 people. We used <laughs> about 18 of it, and that was a, a good trip. Uh, then when uh, our girls were uh, not probably 12 and 8, uh, we took a Christmas cruise to the Caribbean, and we actually were snorkeling Christmas morning in uh, Hispaniola. And then uh, the most recent uh, was just last summer. Oh, yeah. You guys went to Italy. (laughs) Italy. Good friends. That was just Lisa and I, but family trip and some very close friends. I really thought your top two were going to be, uh, number two was going to be that cruise ship you went on, the Nina. And, and then the other one was going to be that that overland. Uh, you guys went cross country. I believe people call it the Oregon Trail. Yep, uh, in the covered wagon. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, but well, no, that wasn't as good as it. Right? Yeah. No, Italy sounded like that was a really good time. Yeah, Would have been a lot more fun had you let Jack and I take you guys out for a, a little Italy. Uh, since since you, everything you, got postponed, you never set it up. Oh, we will definitely. You talked set it about up, it, though. but you you guys you guys talk a good game. You just don't deliver. That is accurate. Um, on <laughs> on uh, on Twitter, Chris says his uh, five to one goes Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Cedar Point in Ohio, Disney World, Yellowstone, Niagara Falls, Maine. Brett says they're adding Cancun to the list this summer, so he's got four: uh, Adventureland, Black Hills, Airbnb in Washington D.C. Road trip to Disney World on the text line and these are the folks that are eligible for the um for the Husker Lawn and Leisure show this weekend. Marie says number 5 Rapid City South Dakota, 4 Branson, 3 New York, 2 Disney World, 1 Disneyland. 
Chris Nolatha says from 5 to 1, Los Angeles, Hollywood with his wife and son in 03, Las Vegas with his wife in 99, Spring Break in Steamboat, 1990. I've heard good things about Steamboat. Um, honeymoon Cruise to the Bahamas in 94, and Colorado Trip with his family in back in uh, the late 70s. Angie says Hilton Head Island, Kansas City weekend, had a, had a couple's trip with a friend, Keystone Skiing, Caribbean cruise and a Mexico all-inclusive trip with several families. Yeah, that that sounds like a lot of fun there. Matt, um, he says the best family vacation they went on was the Mighty Five. Five national parks in southern Utah. It was beautiful. All five in their family picked a different national park as their favorite. Zion, Bryce, Capitol Reef, Canyon Islands, and Arches National Parks all in one week. Mm. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, and one other one we got on the Rick Sign Recognition Hotline. Dave says from 5 to 1, Snowy Range Mountains. My sister goes to college in, in Laramie. Snowy mm. Range is beautiful. Taking my dog up there, and she's, she's gone around and swam a little bit and gone into the snow. That's a, that's a good time. Uh, four Vegas, three San Diego, two Calamus Reservoir. Shout out Burwell. And number one, Panama City Beach, uh, PCB, Florida. Just had another one come in here from Debbie before we get to our break. Trip to South Dakota. Storm so bad they were scared of the car. She was five or six. Um, there was a, a trip to Hawaii with her dad. Trip to San Diego to see dad's relatives. Any football bowl game. I'm Surprised wow. we did not get more bowl games yeah. um, on this list. And then number one, best bowl game ever to watch us smoke Florida in the Tostito Bowl game with the entire family. After sports, I will have a Munch Madness update. After that, I will give our two winners, because we've got two of these, to the Husker Lawn and Leisure show this weekend. Thank you guys for participating that, in those, that. That's a four-pack, isn't four it? Four-packs. Wow. A pair of two four-packs. And we'll get a winner for each one of those coming up. It is 823. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Just Brittany Foster. An economic conversation for our city and upcoming events with the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce on LNK Today. No, it is not 655. I know the time change has messed with some folks. It is 839 in the capital city. Caleb Henry alongside Doug Fitzgerald. And we've moved a few things around. Um, we're going to have Jason Ball at it a few different times, depending on where people's availability is for uh, a little bit. But Lincoln Chamber of Commerce President Jason Ball joining us now. And it's weird to see you with the sun up. 
<laughs> Isn't it a beautiful thing? I, I, I think we're going to blame this first one on daylight savings time. Yes. After that, we've got to come up with a better excuse. Right, right? Yeah. yeah. Once yeah. we get to there, we'll, we'll do that. Uh, but you haven't been busy at all. No. Um, as as every, every week that we've talked, it seems like you've just continued to do more and more and more. Um, also talking off air. Very exciting that your family's come up here. Yeah. Uh, mo- most folks are heading out somewhere for spring break. Your family came up to Nebraska, so that's very cool. Our family is, is having a great time here in Lincoln. Where's the first break. Where's the first place you took them to eat? Because you weren't just cooking at home all week, right? Oh, we, we were not cooking at, uh, uh, cooking at home. We have <laughs> we have hit Yaya's. We have hit Vincenzo's. We have hit uh, uh, Laszlo's. That sounds um, like you're just going straight down the Much Madness <laughs> list. I, that's right. Our, our kids are repeat offenders at uh, uh, Ivana Cone already. Oh, so well, we're, we're having a great time with it. They're, they're loving it. They're there loving you go. It. If you go to the mall, you can hit up Scoops on the yep. corner over there. Yeah, yep. You guys have seen that. You've gone by round oh, one. Oh, Lincoln Restaurants. The Ball family is coming for you, I promise. Thanks. There we'll you there. go. Um, well, the, the last week was very exciting. Well, once you got into last week, there was about a 10-day stretch that was very exciting yeah. for the city. Yeah. Um, you had Pinnacle Bank Arena, something there every day mm-hmm. from the the Saturday that started Big Ten Wrestling Championships yep. all the way through, actually, this last Sunday, because you had the women's basketball watch party. Yep. In between all of that, state basketball. Yeah. Just wrap up how one exciting all of that was, the fallout of that, but how does all of that come together for the city to accommodate the the things that's a a once, not even once in a decade, once every 14 years for the Big Ten Wrestling Championship, but then folks are used to what that state basketball tournament's going to look like. Yeah, yeah. So I want to give great credit to Jeff Mall at the Convention and Visitors Bureau, which is a partnership program of the, the chamber and... Um, you know, when we found out there was going to be that potential scheduling conflict, they, they did yeoman's work to make sure that Lincoln could pull together, uh, with a lot of partners to accommodate those. So we work with the NSAA, obviously, but Lincoln Public Schools, uh, obviously Pin- Pinnacle Bank Arena and UNL Athletics Department. Everyone really had to get, uh, creative. Uh, get flexible with how we could accommodate all those visitors, all those student athletes, and welcome them to our community. And of course, the outcome was a city that was just robustly active uh, last week. I stopped into a, a store that I frequent downtown just to check in, how are things going? And he said, it's been packed. It's <laughs> it's just been brutal. Like, And I said, well, is it, is it the good kind of packed and, and brutal? Yes, we are having a great week. Mm-hmm. And so for our, our retail economy that's been hit so hard, for our uh, restaurant economy that's had such a bumpy ride in these past couple years with all the COVID restrictions, uh, they were just thrilled to see so many bodies on the street and throughout the rest of the city shopping enjoying everything that lincoln has to offer here and it kind of it, it looks like it, it's a they're going to go back most likely to state basketball going back to their their girls one week boys the next because you're not going to get you don't get the conference wrestling championships every year yep. um and who knows what things are going to look like 13 years from now yep. 14 years from now when things do come back around to lincoln on what state basketball looks like because you've already had some of those changing um, how big of a deal economically was this? And we'll talk with Jeff Mall on Friday. We talk with him yep. every Friday. But from from your point of view, and, and you being here the last couple months, how big of a deal was it to get those two big events to our city and not let one of them 
end up with an outsider coming in and saying, we'll take wrestling so you guys can accommodate basketball, or we'll take basketball so you guys can have this wrestling. That outsider, I'm saying, most likely Omaha would have been trying to pick one of those off. Yeah, So, and and I want to be clear, I wasn't here for for this process, so I don't know all the inner workings, but I can tell you these hosting these tournaments are – are big deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, again, just all those bodies coming to your community, staying in your hotels, uh, buying, buying products, leaving sales tax dollars, having a great time, coming away with great experiences. Um, communities want those folks to listen. Uh-huh. And the competitive environment in Nebraska, even since I was here a decade ago, really has changed. Uh, Kearney's doing some exciting things. There's other cities talking about building facilities. Obviously, Omaha is, is always competitive, uh, in that space. And so, so, you know, again, we have to be on our game. Yeah. And, and I think uh, the, the Chamber, and again through the CVB, particularly with respect to these events and anything that's tourism related, uh, really, really does a strong, strong job of making sure that our brand uh, remains competitive, that we have a compelling place and a compelling experience for these groups and athletes to come here and experience. We talk about, um, when I cover the Huskers, and you talk about folks going on their official visits, because it makes a big deal when you get people on campus, you get people to Lincoln. Yeah. And with these events, you had folks from across the Big Ten coming to Lincoln. Yeah. With state basketball every year, you have students, families coming together across the state of Nebraska to Lincoln. They're exposed to the University of Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, they're exposed to the city of Lincoln, which means they might end up at a, a Wesleyan, but they're here. They see this city. Yeah. How important is that? Because it's not just the immediate economics that, that come out of it, what that financial windfall is for those 10 days. Yep, yep. It's way down the road that you're you're building connections for folks to be exposed to the city that they want to come back later. You came back. Yeah, yeah. Make make no mistake. Companies use opportunities like these to entertain clients, uh, uh, people that that have had no maybe no previous connection to the community, see it for the first time, and start thinking about you know, gee, I wonder, I wonder if there's a place for me in Lincoln to come and live. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they get to find out through you know all the sponsorship availabilities, maybe a company that they weren't aware of that's in town, or as they're walking through the Haymarket or in other parts of town. Uh, uh, you know, finding out about a company that either they can do business with as a client or, you know, potentially come work for. Right. It's, a, it's a great banner for the city to, to fly. We're talking with Lincoln Chamber of Commerce President Jason Balt. Now, talking about folks coming to, to town for different events, Convention Center has been at the top of the list for yeah. folks talking about that. How, how, how did that study end up? Yeah, so CSL did a study, and this was done in partnership with the Downtown Lincoln Association and the Downtown Rotary 14, as well as the CVB. And and this this goes back to the uh, uh, establishment of the, what became Pinnacle Bank Arena when we did that vote. And at the time, the market for convention center space was just very, very different. Uh, Omaha's convention center was was not on the strongest financial footing. Uh, you know, it, it is now. Mm-hmm. And um, immediately uh, after after the Pinnacle Bank Arena was completed, we started to get economic signals through uh, other groups and, and, again, seeing what other cities have done to remain competitive that, you, you know what, we really need to be thinking about this because we feel like we have a missed market opportunity. So we hired a group named CSL. Uh, they came in and they actually put metrics to those uh, perceptions uh, mm-hmm. that we had and determined, yeah, there is a compelling market opportunity uh, for having convention center space 
space here in Lincoln, presumably somewhere generally in the downtown. They recommended five potential sites, and I cannot stress this enough. We have not selected a site. The (laughs) CSL did not recommend a site. We just wanted to know what I call it our universe of options. We wanted to know the totality of if we're going to build this generally in the downtown, where might it make the most sense? And they came up with five options. Now, we have a lot of homework to do. We don't know what the potential cost would be. We don't know what the potential timeline would be. Mm -hmm. There's a whole lot of fundamental unknowns. But playing the long game here is how we get big things done. And Lincoln's been doing that with with things like Pinnacle Bank Arena and Antelope Valley Project and and South Beltway for a long time. This is another long-term project um, that in order to keep the city viable, we're going to need to get done soon. Where do the discussions go now? Like, there, there's there's been that study. What's the next step? Yeah, we're actually. Uh, I was I was talking with our team uh, earlier this week. Uh, we are actually getting back in touch with CSL to do some some advanced development. And here is when we begin to start wrestling with you know specifically how many square feet would we need and how many break up breakout rooms and and what our large convention center space would need to be to remain competitive. Um, that's going to determine obviously what the potential cost could be. We've got fluctuating costs right now uh interest rates are are doing uh unfortunate things uh, as anyone (laughs) who's buying a car right now knows um and so you know we've got we've got a lot of homework to do before a true proposal can come together and i think throughout this process when you get into comparing those things down to even traffic patterns on streets where Mm -hmm. we're, we're looking at these locations that's when we begin to sift out um, what the true opportunity is going to be, where we need to be focused as a community, and something to rally around to complete the project. So from from the chamber side, and we know that, as you talked about, with the big events that come to town with state basketball, Big Ten wrestling, those being the recent ones, um, you've even got the, this weekend, you've got the Husker Lawn and Leisure Show. There's people coming to town yeah. for these different events. For To have that convention space, how big of a deal is that for businesses that want to come maybe headquarter close to Lincoln or in Lincoln because they can hold those big events at some place like a bigger convention center. Yep. It, you know, it, it can be an asset, but I'd say that's a value add to those businesses. Right, yeah, it's, it's never a core selling point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what they do get excited about is maybe their industry show can come here. Okay. And, and there's, there's an industry trade show for everything under the sun. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, we have the roller skate industry show or the, uh-huh. the, I, one time I found a pre cast post tension concrete pole association. <laughs> that's a real thing. Wow. Um, well, and, there, there and they have a went, trade show. Folks yeah. that went to Indianapolis for Big Ten basketball, as soon as they were leaving, the signage was changing and there was a truck show coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so those can definitely be ads if, if a company is, you know, working in an environment where they, they can't play host to one of those, uh, that can be a big deal for them. Whereas if we have that capability, that, that can help. Mm-hmm. But the, again, the real value to the convention center is having a destination. Yeah. Uh, for for people to gather in community, generally in the region, uh, our our market proposition here that CSL developed is very much based on drive-in traffic. Mm-hmm. We we can be a, a excellent drive-in solution for uh, groups that want to do that regionally, multi-state region. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we know we can be competitive, and the numbers prove that out. So so back here as we change topics, there's something new you guys have got going on. Tell me about this business toolbox series because it yeah, what, what, so you guys have. Some 
something coming up that I'm very interested in. Yeah, so uh, obviously a lot has changed in collegiate athletics with the uh, change of rules in name, image, and likeness. And local companies here, small and large, have you know been approaching us and many others about, hey, you know, how does this work? Can I leverage this new uh, capability for my business? How would I work with student athletes? What's allowable? What's not? Right. And and this is a space where very much the chamber depends on experts. We are not the the experts in that space, and so um, we're launching uh, the first of our. Uh, business toolbox series. It will not be all name, image, and likeness, but this is this is going to be our our series for businesses to come and learn something that they can take away and apply in their business right away. And we thought, given all the changes with name, image, image and likeness, what a great topic to start out with. Um, and so this uh, Wednesday, March twenty third, uh, from eleven to one at the chamber, um, we're going to have Jonathan Bateman from UNL Compliance, uh, Chris Armuller, uh, CEO and founder of Fan forward who is by the way a launch lnk grant winner uh through the chamber and then uh nick mesteas uh from or oh, owner of muchachos restaurant right yeah hmm. all folks that have worked with different parts of this name image and likeness space and share their their experiences with muchachos it. was a munch madness winner last year as yes. well so yes so we, we've spent some time with nick and as we wrap things up jason uh t- tell me about the, the the small business advisory council yeah because uh, you guys have got the the inaugural uh council selected yeah so uh small business advisory council is one of the the early ideas i had i got my start in small business working for the small business administration before i I moved over to the the chamber side small businesses have always been near and dear to my heart they make up 79 percent of our chamber membership we are proudly a small business chamber and everything that we do whether it's a economic development agreement or or a policy it's got small business also in mind in terms of how can we help help them succeed through whatever we're looking at um but uh one of the things that i wanted to do was get small businesses living just a little bit closer to me as the president to advise me uh personally on what i need to be thinking about what their concerns are right now and so uh we've got we had a great feedback from an initial solicitation for people to to say hey i'd like to be part of this and help help jason get on his feet here uh 15 companies um, all of them small, uh, very diverse group that includes, you know, anywhere from retail to construction to business services and, and consultants, um, all over the city. So very, uh, geographically diverse group. Um, and, and we're just going to sit down. I'm going to let them know what my vision for the chamber is here in the coming year. Um, and then ask them for some feedback, get some additional input. We're going to meet monthly throughout the course of this year. And then next spring, this is the exciting part. We're going to have a whole new crew of small business advisory council members come in so that uh, other folks have a chance to uh, give us that feedback and their perspectives. We're widening that that view that we have for the community. That's Jason Ball, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce President. Where, where are you taking the family to lunch today? That, okay, yeah. That's the most important question. <laughs> and have have you decided yet on lunch for today? We have not decided on on lunch today. We we need to consult our munch madness bracket, <laughs> which I know every listener has filled out diligently. Exactly. Hey, thank you so much for coming in. We'll talk to you next thank week. Thank you. Eight fifty four. We'll wrap up the show next on KLIN. Want today's top stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. Burning across the state today. 
I'm Storm Alert Team Meteorologist Brittany Foster. Quick traffic update. North 7th and Superior Street injury accident. There's a cement truck, tr- cement truck rollover east of I-80 on Superior. Do watch for slowdowns. That's it for Tuesday. What chaps your hide Wednesday tomorrow? It's 9 o'clock on KLIN.